0: Let's all now turn to 2 Timothy, chapter 4. 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. 2 Timothy, chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. If you please stand to honor the reading of God's word. And it says this in 2 Timothy 4. Verses 3-4. For the time will come when people will not endure sound doctrine, but they will gather to themselves teachers in accordance with their own desires, having itching ears. Verse 4 says, And they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn to myths. God bless and honor the reading of his word, and you may be seated. Two weeks ago, I'm going to sit down just for now, because my legs are giving in. Two weeks ago, we spoke about the freedom of law, and with that we spoke about the Old Testament laws, six hundred thirteen of those laws, and we spoke about uh, all those biblical laws and often misunderstood. We spoke about the three different types of those laws. With that, we had the moral laws. We had the uh, which the eternal, the universal laws. You know the uh, Ten Commandments and all. Those are the moral laws. We spoke about the ceremonial laws. Those are uh, religious ceremonial laws which have been fulfilled by Jesus Christ. We also spoke about the judicial laws. Those judicial laws is the uh, laws of uh, the society, the laws of that land. And we talked about all that. Last week we spoke about the the title of the last week's sermon was The Land of the Lost. The Land of the Lost spoke about how, yes, the, the uh, moral laws always matter and the ceremonial laws have been fulfilled. We don't use those anymore in the sense that we don't have to have that for our salvation. Jesus has fulfilled that. However, it doesn't mean that it's not interesting historically, and those were symbolic for what Jesus Christ represents. But we also spoke about how society, the foundation of that law without Christ, without the laws, the the moral laws of Jesus, how we see how society falls down. And we gave examples of different societies without the law of the Lord God. We're talking about his moral law. We're not talking about how if you don't live those laws out that you're not going to heaven. Because yes, it's true that we can't fulfill every law. We know that. We know that our living those laws isn't what saves us. We know salvation is through the grace of God. We know that. However, we see what happens with society that just tries to erase the law of God. We see that. We'll talk about that today. Because today we're going to talk a little bit about social skills and social situations. We're going to talk about social studies. Now, that's the title of today's sermon, social studies. Now when I went through social studies as a kid, I wasn't very good. This was not allowed in my house, not because my mother so much, because uh, she didn't, I mean she always made sure we studied and all, but my dad, oh my dad, my dad loved social studies and because social studies back in the day dealt with different societies, it dealt with history, and as far as my dad would say, history. Now. The way history was in the house with social studies oh you you need history son so much so that when we went on vacation folks you might think oh vacation's fun not so much with the coon's house okay it was fun when you went to disney world okay we're not talking about nowadays we're talking about back then when you went to disney world it was always fun uh-huh. but no back then when we went on vacation what was it then You would, sometimes you went to Disney World, sometimes you went to these, they even had a thing called Kid Day. When we had to stay home or other things, we would always go out and have a good day. But when we went on Fred Kuhn's vacations, most of the time we would go to, oh, today we're going to go, we're going to see where they had uh, a Civil War battle, And, and, and doesn't that sound like so much fun? No, Dad, that doesn't sound, oh, but it is. You're gonna see where the first people had it. There was, look, there's a bullet in that tree. Oh, son, that you might be able to buy a replica of that bullet. Ooh, ooh, it's like having a real life GI Joe. But anyway, the point is that that kind of social study wasn't that fun. But you know, he was right about a lot of things. And he was like, someday you're gonna study this in school and you're gonna be appreciative of where you've been. And I'll be like, Dad, you're you're, you're you're talking crazy. Folks, he wasn't talking crazy, he was right. I hated to tell him he was right, but he was right. He was 100% right in everything he said, and he said, someday you're going to really appreciate all these studies. He was right. Uh, You know, as a kid, you hate to tell your mom, dad, they're right, but they're right on almost everything they said. Almost everything they said. That was a different kind of social study than the kind of social studies we're going to have today though, because social studies meant studying the societies of things of the past. Today, we're going to do that kind of social studies in a sense. We're going to talk about different societies in the ways, in days of the Bible. And yes, even a little bit today. So let's study societies. Let's study societies. Study societies without God. Now last week, we mentioned Sodom. We know what happened to Sodom. We talked about, that's where the word Sodom came from. We talked about Gomorrah. We talked about Canaanites. We talked about the Amorites, the Palestine, you know, the Palestinians. We talked about Philistines and Nineveh. We talked about that. We just mentioned it, you know. But today, even before that, even before that we saw a a bit of things that went wrong without God and what do we have well we know Moses led the Israelites also known as the Jewish the the Hebrews we he led them out of the land of Egypt because God freed them those are his people led them out of Egypt praise the Lord God his folks he made him a vow a promise to Abraham's folk praise the Lord Jesus Christ for that hallelujah God always keeps his word amen Amen. God always keeps his word. But, unfortunately, now you you, you have to understand, And I'm not making excuses for it, but it is what it is. There's 400 years uh, uh, history in this. Sometimes we don't look at this. We just look and see that they fell, and they did. There was a falling, a falling into sin, a falling into sin that would happen here. But how did this happen? Well, let's look for just a second into the 400 years history. Uh, These people that were uh, raised in in Egypt, they were raised in the Egyptian uh, land now again i'm not making excuses but it is what it is when you're raised in a land with with uh, uh perversion and with false gods and all these other things this is what they were taught by their neighbors by the people they were with when you're in for instance if you go to a school and in your school let's just pretend we're in a land where in school they teach you that you can be a man could be a girl and a, and a girl could be a guy i mean i can't imagine something so crazy or let's say that you go to they teach you that you can be born gay Or something really stupid like that. I mean, I can't imagine that. But let's just say that would happen. You will start to believe that if you're taught that to be a fact. These people, these poor people, were raised in a a land where they were taught that there were other gods that weren't the Lord God, God of Israel, talking about Jehovah. They were taught this. And so for 400 years, these people, and I'm not talking about them being 400 years old, obviously, but I'm talking about that's a long time, folks. That's a long, long time. There's a lot of perversion in their brain, being brainwashed, false gods and things. So they have beliefs of other gods, uh, oodles of other gods. I mean, some that had cat heads and all sorts of crazy. I've seen pictures. Why would you want to worship? Look, okay, if you like cats, that's cool, I guess. I like Garfield myself. But folks, if I ever had to fall down and worship these crazy, ugly, I wouldn't do that. I I would run away. There's all sorts of things. They have jackal heads and all sorts of, you know, uh, terrifying looking things. They they would scare me. But this is what they would believe and what they worshipped. And the problem is what happens when you're surrounded by lies and, and surrounded by these things, people start listening to other opinions and false opinions of false gods. This is what happened. And why? Because it was sent by Satan, sent by the devil to blind them, to blind them. And with that, what do we call that? That's other societies, other social things. So what do we call that? Well, first of all, whenever this happened with the 400 years history, that's called social skills. That was the social skills that they had. They had the social skills they grew up with. Social skills of, of 400 years of this. So they started listening to the false opinions, the false things all around them. That was like social media. Social media that came into their life. That was the social media. We have it all the time, don't we? You say, praise God to someone, oh, that's offensive. Well, be offended. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to apologize for loving God. I'm not going to, when I say, you know, uh, God bless you to someone who sneezes, that might offend someone. Well, then wipe your knot out on your sleeve. I'm not going to worry about it. it. When I say, Jesus bless you, I'm not going to worry about it. Be offended. Huh. I, I, I'm not, I don't mean that rudely, but folks, come on now. Uh, my Savior is Jesus Christ. If, if you want to stay before the Lord and say, well, he offended me when I sneezed, well, what are you going to do? Say something else then when you have a Kleenex, but I'm not going to do it. The other thing, so we have uh, social media, and I'm talking about their social media because Satan blinded them. And some said, they may be right, you know, they're saying, that they may be right, they're saying that, I mean, how do they know that Moses is hearing from God? How do we know that Moses is telling the truth? Folks, people say to this day, how do we know that's written to be the truth? How do we know the first five books? How do we know of the Torah law being true? How do we know that, that we weren't there to hear God up on the top of the mountain? But folks, i want to tell you something about how stupid that is. Do you know before God spoke to Moses, before God spoke to Moses, God spoke to them. If you go to, to uh, Exodus chapter 20, God came down and spoke to them. So how could they doubt that God was the one speaking to Moses? I wanna tell you something. If God came down a cloud and spoke to me, besides having to change my breeches when I'd be done, Here's what happened. Here's what they did. Besides all that, because I would, folks, I would be, I mean, I'm not talking about being scared to death. I'm talking about the awe and the praise and the awesomeness of God. And we would, we'd fall down and worship him. Some say, oh, I would. Yes, you would. Yes, you would. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. Everyone will praise the Lord God. They, They were worried. They were scared. They knew this was God's voice. They did. They did. And here's the thing. What happened when Moses went away? What happened? They heard what God just told them to do. They heard about the Ten Commandments. So Moses went away for 40 days. We know that. So what did they do? They started building the, face, the exactly what God told them not to do. built false gods and did exactly what God told them not to do. Because of what others said. that social media. Now, and they went with social mores. The world's way, not God's way. The world's way, not God's way. People, that's what social mores are—not not the way we ought to do, but what some say could be right. They don't want to offend the fellow man. That's what social mores are. We don't want to offend fellow man. We don't want to offend. I'd rather not offend God. I don't know about you. Am, am I right? Let's not offend God. But I don't want to hurt our neighbor's feelings. Well, yeah, we're to treat our neighbors right. But just as I was talking earlier in Sunday school, that when Jesus takes apart the Ten Commandments and he says the most important thing is put God first and then your neighbor. God first, then your neighbor. He's not taking away the Ten Commandments throwing them all out the window. He's saying that if you want to dissect the Ten Commandments, you put God first, then your neighbor, everything falls into place. That's how it is. That's how it is. Now, here's the thing. So you start trying to please and serve society instead of serving God. That's what he calls social services. So you're doing all these social things, social studies. That's social service, trying to serve others instead of serving God. That's a problem. We're not to serve others before God. No, we serve God first. Then we serve others. If you're serving others before God, they become your God. And that's a problem. God is our God. God, you are my God. And I will ever praise you. He's the one we're to praise, not other before Him. That's an issue. The only way to fix it all is back to God's Word by His way, His law. For society to become secure, we need to put God first, and that is what we call social security. Put God first. That's social security. Let's read Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 19. Let's see what it says. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 through 19 says this. Let's see what the author said. Now you all know who I believe wrote it. Or whether it's Paul or whether it's someone else, and I I could be wrong on that, but let's see whatever the author said. Be attentive, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, and you depart from the living God, but exhort one another daily. While it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence firmly to the end. While it is said today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. For who were you, excuse me? For who were they who heard and rebelled? Was it not all of those who came out of Egypt, led by Moses, and with whom? Was he grieved for 40 years? Was it not with those who had sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who disobeyed? So we see that they could not enter because of unbelief. You see, God wants everyone to be saved. God wants us to be saved. God, wa- That's the thing Hebrews was about to the Jewish believers. Who come to know jesus christ but then they were falling away again they were going back to the old ways the old law thinking that they had to earn their own salvation we'll, we'll talk more about that later at another time but society social grounds needs to be built on the moral foundation of god's word otherwise rebellion and apostasy because that's what apostasy means you know. apostasy means rebellion and going back to your own old ways that's apostasy now, this wasn't the only time in Israel. I often mention the land, that is the children of God splitting. But why? Why did, why did the land split? Well, this goes when when you when we read this here in a moment, you're gonna see what happened. And you're gonna say, wow, this, this really connects. This really connects to Moses. This connects to Moses, and it does. But it breaks my heart. Now, I really love Solomon. Solomon wrote some really great books books I, he's one of my favorites he really is Solomon is a, a great guy you know and he, he did a lot just David's son I loved him and through Solomon later would come Jesus and that's because of the promise that God made unto uh, David and David was loved by the Lord so much so much so that when Solomon does mess up and I'll talk about this in a moment but God keeps his word to David so say well did God love Solomon of course God loved Solomon he loved him so much God loved Solomon and God loved his mama Bathsheba and God loved David God loved him all But here's the thing. Solomon had 700 wives, which we talk about, uh, from other lands, which all have false gods, and 300 concubines. That's 1,000 women, and I've said this so very often, I can't even imagine. Oh, can't be. But that's an awful lot. But some people have said this. I've heard them say, well, he was just building God's kingdom. Yes, but he wasn't doing it God's way. He wasn't doing it God's way. See, here's the thing. So many people have good intentions. But if you do... Even with good intentions, if you go about it in the wrong way, you do it foolishly. I, I've done things with good intentions stupidly. I, I had really good intentions a long time ago. I won't go into it all, but I'll say this: I, I had great intentions, but I wasn't listening to God. I was listening to my emotions, listening to my human heart. But if you're not listening to the Holy Spirit and you're not listening to God, guess what happens? Downfall. Guess what happens? A mess. A mess happens you got to listen to God and not yourself. you got to listen to God, not your flesh. you got to listen to God, not your hormones and all sorts of other things because what happens? Years of trying to dig yourself out of a hole. That's what happens. And you say, oh, I know it had to be of God because he didn't stop me. I know it had to be of God because he didn't say, no, Philip, don't do that. He gives us common sense. He gives us the word. And if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit... Come on, we got common sense. God speaks to us. And by the way, God did speak to Solomon. And some people don't read it. They, they, they think that, well, he was just trying to build on God's land. But much more hardships, much more turmoil and years of hardships came because we're talking generations of some never did get back the way it could have been. Let's read and see what happened. Okay, let's now turn. Well, well, we'll get to this. Well, we'll turn. Yes, yeah, so let's turn to 1 Kings chapter 11. 1 Kings chapter 11, 1 Kings chapter 11 verses 1 through 6, you know what this is called? This is oftentimes titled in different Bibles that are mine, Solomon's apostasy. Now, wait a minute, I thought that Solomon was wise, I thought Solomon was wise, how could he be wise, how could he be the wisest of all time, and this happened? Well, here's what happens, Solomon was wise when he was listening to God. Solomon was wise because the, the Spirit of God came upon him. He was wise when he was listening to God. You see, here's what Solomon had. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's the Holy Spirit. Came upon him. And when we, and we do the same thing. The Holy Spirit's within us. When we listen to the Holy Spirit and we are following the Holy Spirit's wisdom and we listen to what it's telling us It's upon us, but when we ignore it, when we don't follow what we're being told, by the way, we don't have to. God gives us the ability to make our own decisions. And when we do that, then we can't blame God for the mistakes we make. And we do it so often. I have seen people do it. Well, if God really wanted me not to do that, he would have stopped me. No, he gave us free will. And we can't blame God when we make stupid choices. Amen. Amen. Okay, so let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens. First Kings chapter 11, 1 Kings 11, 1-6, through six, and you, you you don't have to stay in chapter 11 here in a minute, but we're going to go forward in a moment. Okay, but King Solomon, this is chapter 11, verse 1, but King Solomon loved many foreign women. And, it, and by the way, before we move on with that, that doesn't mean that God has a race above other races. That, and incidentally, this doesn't mean it's wrong to marry someone of a different race because we're all part of the human race. This is not what it's saying. It's okay for blacks to marry whites. It's okay for whites to marry Mexicans, whatever. That, that's not what it's saying. It's talking about God doesn't want us to marry people of a different God. That's what it's talking about. Anyway, King Solomon loved many foreign women in addition to the doctor of Pharaoh. See? Going right back to what happened with Moses. In addition to the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, uh, Sidonites, Sidonites uh, Sinonians, sorry about that. And Hittites. From the nations which the Lord warned the children of Israel about saying, You shall not go into them, nor shall they come into you. For they will surely turn your heart away toward their gods. The false gods. Solomon clung to these in love. Now whether you want to call that love or what lust, I mean, whatever you want to call it. He knew, because that's, that's more accurate. Because we know what happens. We know how we can be. This is not just men, by the way. We know how we can be. We start clinging to what the flesh desires. And we know. We've, even with good intentions. We know. Listen what happens. Verse 3. He had 700 wives who were princesses and 300 concubines. And his wives turned his heart away. Oh, it's like, God, did God really know what's going to happen? Woo! Oh, God did? Yeah, you bet God knew. He tells us. But if we don't listen, how can we get mad? For when Solomon was old, verse 4, for when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away from away after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidian, uh, Sid, Synodians, and after Moloch. The uh, abomination of the Ammonites. I have a hard time with these other names, but I'm going to get them, by golly. Solomon did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and did not fully follow the Lord as his father David had done. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? It's sad. Some people say, oh, I can handle this. It's better to say no and walk away from such things. It's better to say, no, I'll have it not. Walk away from those sins and go to God and God alone. It's You know, I know I use diets and stuff a lot of times as an example, but here's the reason. Back in the day, I knew that I might be able to take a smidge of a bite of a Snicker bar or whatever. And, did it really look like I could say one bite alone? No. The fact is, is, you can't just take one bite of the world. No, don't. You put that in you and suddenly you're going to burn out in sin. Just stay away. You need one Lord and the Lord only. Stay away from the things of the world. Stay away from such things. Okay, so we see what happened. We see what happened. Solomon caused this to happen. Well, what happened next? What happened then? The social skills, you know, did what they did. Then the media, the mores, the services fell apart. and social security wasn't in God. It was in the false gods. So they built the foundation on the ways of the world. And there was unstable grounds. So God said, okay, have your way, have your way. But you wish that you hadn't. You wish that you hadn't. You wish that you stayed with me. And so let's see what happens. We're now gonna to go to 2 Kings, chapter 17. 2 Kings, chapter 17. And we're gonna read a lot here, but chapter 17, verse five through 23. And the reason is because this sums it all up, really. We could go to chapter 25 afterwards but we're not going to i'll just tell you what happens but let's go to second kings chapter 17 verse 5 through 23 and see what happened after all what they did and, the, and this is after solomon now why solomon didn't see what happened solomon didn't see what happened and why it wasn't because solomon didn't deserve to see what happened to his land solomon did because of his disobedience but because god loved david so much god loved david so much he said solomon won't see it he told him what was going to happen, but he said, Solomon's not going to see it. Because I love David, I respect David. David is so much for me. Out of respect for David, I'm going to let Solomon not see it. It will come later on, though. And it did, just as God said. It says in Solomon chapter 17, verses 5 through 23, verse 5 says, Then the king of Assyria went throughout all the land, went up to Samaria, and besieged it for three years. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria seized Samaria and exiled Israel to Assyria. He put them in uh, Helah, in Helah, in in harbor by the river of Gozan uh, and in the cities of of the Medes. This happened because the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God who had brought them up from the land of Egypt from under the hand of Pharaoh, King of Egypt, they had feared other gods and walked in the statutes of the nations whom the Lord disposed uh, excuse me, dispossessed before uh, before the children of Israel, and walked in the statutes which the king kings of Israel had made. There's all sorts of kings we could go through right now, and we will get through that some other time. But all these other kings, in fact tonight I'll talk about But all these other kings, they lived ungodly, they did all sorts of things, and now the land is falling. Okay, so they had feared other gods and walked in the statutes of nations whom the Lord dispossessed before the children of Israel and walked in the statutes which the kings of Israel had made. Verse 9, the children of Israel ascribed things to the Lord their God that were not so, and they built for themselves high places in all their cities from the watchtower to, fortified, uh, to the fortified city, they set up standing stones and Asherah poles on every high hill and under every green tree. There they burned incense on all the high places, as the nations did whom the Lord had carried away before them and they did they did wicked things to provoke the lord in anger and you think about that they're doing things wickedly in the eyes of god and they know they're doing it but they're so used to now being in these false religions verse 12 for they served idols for which the lord has said to them you shall not do this thing verse 13 but the lord warned israel and judah to so both lands because they've been separated now and almost like a civil war type thing they separated the north and the south in fact. And we'll talk about that another time. But the Lord warned Israel and Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn from your evil ways and keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers and which I sent to you by my servants the prophets. But they would not listen. They stiffened their necks you know, I never understood what that meant as a kid. I do now. My, my father used to call it hard-headed. And he usually was referring to me. <laughs> he used to call me hard-headed Philip. And he was right. Uh, but in the necks like the neck of their fathers who did not believe the Lord their God. They rejected his statutes and his covenant that he had made with their fathers and the decrees he had given them. They followed idols and became idolaters, and followed the surrounding nations concerning whom the Lord commanded them uh, that they should not do like them. They forsook all the commandments of the Lord their God, made themselves cast images, to calves, made an Asherah pole, worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. They caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire. Think about that. They're serving false gods now. They made their sons and daughters go through fire. My goodness. Can you imagine that? Oh, So they made them go through fire. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Now, this was a a thing that people did, like like, uh, an offering to false gods. But, folks, people are doing the same thing by raising kids falsely. They're going to take them through eternal fire. They're doing the same thing by not raising them up in the ways of the Lord. Many quote-unquote Christians are doing the same, too. They need to be careful. Okay, so they cast them through the fire, used divinations and omens, and sold themselves to to do evil in the sight of the Lord, to anger Him. Therefore, verse 18, Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from His presence. None remained except the tribe of Judah. Verse 19, Judah also did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the statutes of Israel, which they made. The Lord rejected all the seed of Israel, afflicted them, and gave them into the hand of the uh, plunderers until he had cast them out of his presence. For For he had torn Israel from the house of David, and they made Jeroboam the son of Nebat king. Jeroboam... Diverted Israel from following the Lord and caused them to sin greatly. For the children of Israel walked in all the sins which Jeroboam committed. They did not turn aside from them until the Lord removed Israel from his presence, as he had said by all his servants, the prophets. So Israel was exiled from their land to Assyria until this day. God warned them and 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 warned them. And they would not. Listen, you talk about stiff-necked, hard-headed. We see in chapter 25, and we're not going to go there, but chapter 25, we see then Judah falls to Babylon for how many years? Seventy years. Oh, we get to see all the people that get used, get used of God. Because see, yes, God split the land. We see the 70 years in Babylon, only few were able to stay. The righteous battle for God. Both sides were split in the land. We see the people on both sides were used of God. We see that there was people like Elijah and Elisha. We see Isaiah and Jeremiah and Esther and Daniel, Nahum, and so many more. They were used for the Lord God. We know they were. But folks, it's just like you. Right now, we're in a land. We're in a land right now that was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not saying we're the, we are you know the children of God in the sense like Israel, but we are a land that was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And America has torn away from God. We see it every single day We've been talking about it for the last couple weeks. They've torn away from God A lot of Christians even have torn away from God. They don't want to be founded in the gospel They don't want to stick with the gospel. They want to go away from the gospel They want to call me and you and people that said that Christ is the only way They don't want to call us good people. They want to call us hateful, mean, vindictive They don't want to hear the truth. They want to say that you're evil so they don't have to listen You see they just want to stuff those ears they don't want to listen oh no 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 no! no don't do that don't listen to that ball fat man no don't listen listen i don't care if they listen to me i care that they listen to the lord god almighty that's what i care about yes i want to be loving and kind but a loving kind person tells them if they're dying a love kind person tells them if they're going to hell i don't want people to go to hell i love them too much for that if i see someone about to fall off a cliff i'm going to tell them hey don't go off there hey careful kid don't go off there. I love you. But they say, Oh, let me walk. But you're going to fall off. Oh, no. What are you going to do? Unless you're going to grab them with a the rope, but you still can't do that because eternally only Christ can save them. And they're not going to let them. What are you going to do? Today we see it happening here. Society splitting. Even Christians, have said, some would rather listen to the world and be like the world than be like the Word of God. So many are misled now exactly the same way, because the foundation is cracked, bringing in other beliefs, aka false gods. I mentioned it before, false gods don't have to be carved little pieces of wood. It can be entertainment, it can be people they talk to on social media, it could be people in their life, it could be boyfriends, girlfriends, it could be false lifestyles. That people believe God made them to be like. When in reality God did not make people to be of false lifestyles. We know that. But when they're being told by people who even call themselves pastors. Or they're being told by people who are doctors. Or people who are told that we are millions of billions of trillions of years old. Of all these other things. They're being lied to saying there is no God. Oh, well, we know. We know. We're not to be misled. We're not to be misled. We are. Who is founded on the gospel, who are saved by the grace of God, we are to be led by the ways of God, or not to be misled. Will we be led by the ways of God or just progressively behave more and more like the lost? As so many are. Listen to what it says in Second Corinthians chapter eleven, verse three. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3 says this, and and the people who are being progressively misled need to listen to this. But I fear that somehow, this is 2 Corinthians 11 3, but I fear that somehow, and stay here when you're done because I have something else to say from this chapter. But I fear that somehow, as a serpent deceived Eve through his trickery, so your minds might be led astray from the simplicity of, that is in Christ. Now, what does that mean? Simplicity that is in Christ. I'm talking about the simplicity of salvation. Salvation by the grace of God. It is a simple matter. But some people look into that simplicity of that and people get misled by it all the time. They say, well, I'm just saved by the grace of God. And so, so, and it is, we are saved by the grace of God, but some people look at that simplicity of it and they, they misunderstand it and they take it. Well, I don't have to do anything. Well, it's true. It's true that we don't save ourselves, but when we are saved by the grace of Jesus Christ, our actions show that we believe. Our, our actions don't save us, but our actions show that we are saved by our faith in the grace of Christ. Our actions show that. No actions will save us, but our actions, we are known as I say every week, Kurt and Aaron. Amen? Going on to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, going on 10 verses later, which is 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 through 15. This one what it says here, 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. For such are false apostles and deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also disguise himself as ministers of righteousness whose end will be according to their works folks there's a lot of ministers out there who are falsely saying they're of the Lord and I, I'm not going to say whether they're saved or not that's not my place and not just saying that I believe a lot of them are saved but a lot of their works and stuff they say doesn't quite add up it just doesn't quite add up and it's just to say that we need to be very careful who listen to. I'll talk about that more tonight if you want to come and I don't like talking poorly on folks, and I'm not trying to talk poorly on them. I'm simply saying we I will talk poorly about some of the things that are said. Because it doesn't add up to the Word of God. I'm not to talk poorly on them. I'm here to talk highly about the Lord, God, His Word. So let's now go to 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Because it says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 through 3, and this is talking about the misled Christians. In fact, this is said in some Bibles, including mine. It's entitled, The Prediction of Apostasy. Remember what apostasy is? The falling away of oh, Christians. It says this in 1 Timothy chapter 4, 1-3. through Now the Spirit clearly says that in the last times, some will depart from the faith and pay attention to the seducing spirits and doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from foods, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and know the truth. They're going to forget what God has told them. They're going to go back to things that don't matter. They're going to go back to things believing that they are earning their way. They're going to be misled. They're going to be misled by the devil and devils demons but christians stay strong stay strong stay strong my brothers and sisters of christ soldiers stay strong all of our social studies that we're looking at here today and other places our social studies and our social securities and skills will come from god and his word and his ways through the holy spirit as it says and this is a good verse keep this with you as it says in first timothy chapter 4 verse 16 put this in your heart put it in your mind let the holy spirit bring it back out when you need it listen to what it says to you it says christian soldiers take heed to yourself and to the doctrine continue in them for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. I'll say it again, First Timothy four sixteen. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. That's just saying you save them. No, 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 no. It's saying that you're they are saved because they hear the words of the Lord Christ. They hear it, they know it, and they see it. Remember what we say so often and so true. By your actions you are known. By your actions they know and see Christ living in you. Hallelujah. One last verse as we close here today. One last verse. This helps me every day. Every single day. I have to look at myself. Oh, I have thoughts just like you do. I have anger just like you do. I have to look at myself in the mirror, the spiritual mirror. I don't like to look at myself in the physical mirror sometimes. (laughs) But I, I look at myself in the spiritual mirror. The Holy Spirit shows me myself. And you know the thing about the spiritual mirror? You can see yourself inside and out, spiritually speaking. You can see every little thing if you truly look through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Whatever you do when you're looking through that spiritual mirror, don't close your eyes. Open it up, look through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Let yourself see, that's a whole sermon which we might get to sometime, but look through it. Look through it. Because listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5. And if you do this, God will show you what needs to be changed. And do not let the world, do not let the world tell you what to do. Because if you do that, and if you look the way you want to see things, you're going to do like Solomon. You're going to falter. Don't go through the way society wants you to be, but do it the way the Lord wants you to do. Follow the way God wants you to do. Here it goes. Second Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 13.5. five. Second Corinthians 13.5 says this. Examine yourselves. Seeing whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. Now you know deep down. The Holy Spirit tells you whether you're saved or not. Don't listen to the devil who tries to tell you, oh, you got false, so you must be lost. Now, if, if deep down you're questioning your salvation, you know. Because I did that. and realized when I was seven I was lost. After going forward once. If you really do think perhaps you're lost, by all means, come forward. We'll take care of that at this very moment. This very moment. Or call me if you're at home watching. I don't care what time it is call me. If it's 2 in the morning and you're watching right now, give me a call. I'm okay with that. Okay, I may not answer right away, but I will talk to you. We'll pray pray the prayer of salvation. We'll talk it through. Follow the Lord God. We'll take care of it. But we need to make sure that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and that you continue to follow Him. It could very well be that you're just not following through with your life and doing what we ought to do, which is every single day, die to ourselves. And put Christ first. You see, when we do that, when we do that, we realize a lot of times when we feel that way, it's because. It's because we're not always putting him first. We need to put him first always. When we do that, everything else, everything else comes easy. Put God first, neighbor last. Neighbor second, I'm gonna say, and us last. When we do that, everything else will fall into place. So as we go through social studies in life, we'll realize. Everything works out fine. God comes first, but God comes first. Let's bow. Lord God, we thank you for being with us today. We thank you that you have been with us and you continue to be with us. Lord, we pray right now for society, not just this society in America or the society of the neighborhood that we live in or the cities that we live in. But Lord, we pray because I don't know who's watching or where they're from right now, but we pray for the societies all throughout the world. We pray, Lord God, for the societies who love you, who follow you. And Lord God, we especially pray for those who do not. Lord, I know there's a society in everyone's heart. Many people who do not follow you. And Lord, I love them. You love them, more importantly. I pray this very day. There will be people who will hear from you. That they will call out to you, Lord God. And that, Lord, they will put things right. I pray, Lord God, that they will not do as so many did, like Solomon did, once following your wisdom and then suddenly following his own. I pray, Lord God, that you will talk to them, and they will allow you to build up, they will build up their relationship with you, and that every single day they'll be closer to you. Closer today than they were yesterday, closer tomorrow than they are today. I pray, Lord God, that you will use us to speak to the people and the society around us, Lord God, so that you are speaking to Jesus, and not us. I pray that today we become closer to you every single day. And I pray this in your holy, precious name, Lord Jesus, and that if there be anyone here today who needs to come forward, for whatever reason, I pray, so that Lord, that they will do so. And I pray, Lord God, that we will feel even stronger as the day goes by. In Jesus' holy name, amen.